Well, the Lord's doing something. There's a tide rising, and I can feel that in my heart. I used this FJ Cruiser last Sunday night. I talked to you from different aspects of this vehicle to try and make it a type of the church. We looked at the frame and how it's reinforced and how we as a church are built on a great and, and reinforced foundation so that we can handle hard times. That's what we see in the life of Joseph. We saw the active traction where if one tire is spinning, it puts more power, distributes more power to the tires that have traction so that the vehicle can keep moving. Within a local church, sometimes you have ministries that for whatever reason are experiencing the activity of God more than another ministry. And they're gaining attraction more than another ministry. And we need to gather around that and make sure that every ministry can be blessed by the activity of God in that ministry. Another thing is in the body of Christ, sometimes our brothers and sisters are hurting and others have to bear a a heavier burden in seasons because they're struggling. And so when there is slippage of vision in one area, another area will be catching that traction. And so there will be more power distributed to the area that's catching the traction. You also can lock in all four tires where they are all commanded to pull with the same amount of strength in the same direction. And it's an amazing picture to think that the church could be in such alignment and in such unity that we were all equally pulling in unity, anointing in the forward momentum of the Holy Spirit's power. Where there is such a unity of purpose, there is such an alignment of our hearts and what God is saying to us, a consecration of our hearts, that that there's nothing slipping. It's all gaining traction. And the power in the church in a time like that is remarkable. We looked at the air intake, which is high above the right fender so that the vehicle can go into over two feet of water and liken that to the church that can go into any circumstance and that adversity is used as the breakfast of spiritual champions and we keep our spiritual breathing, which is prayer, no matter what's going on and not even the gates of hell shall prevail against us. Many aspects of this vehicle served as a type of the church we, we moved into the fact that it looks so good, would you even want to take it off-road? And the better the church looks and the more blessed we are, we can't uh, make a sacred cow out of buildings and out of programs and be unwilling to use them and take them off-road to do ministry. If we don't stay convinced that the power of life in us is greater than the power of death in the world, then we as the salt of the earth will be scared to touch the dirt. And we can never be the church that God has called us to be if we're worried that a floor may get scratched or a piece of furniture may get scratched. Be a good steward of the building, absolutely. Anybody that would invest in this vehicle, it would just be a shame if they didn't try to maintenance it and take care of it. But at the same time, it is made to be used. This building and every ministry we have is made to be used. To be used in the kingdom's advancement for hearts and lives to be changed. I encourage you, if you weren't here, perhaps you could go online or get a CD of the message and you can get more detail of what I'm telling you. Finally, we looked at the fascinating feature of not just two windshield wipers, but three. And it is for one purpose, to give maximum vision in the worst conditions. So that the church, no matter what the enemy is trying to do to stop us, we maintain clear vision because if we lose our vision, we know that we die. So vision is important, and it was a strong word. But tonight, I want to look at one feature, 
And here's the feature. Look at the screen, if you will. An available 115-volt AC three-prong grounded outlet means you have the power to plug in whatever your heart desires. This FJ Cruiser has a 115-volt outlet right in the back of it, so you can plug in basically anything. It is empowered. And because of its power, it has the ability to empower. I want tonight for you to see that the call of God on the church is that the church would be empowered of the Holy Spirit. So that we can be empowering to people and to ministries that can make a difference. That's what tonight is all about. If you'll take your Bibles, look with me at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And here's the local, global vision of God. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are a church called to be empowered by the Holy Spirit that, then, that can then be empowering. And I pray that this becomes real to us and that we not only hear it, but we see it tonight. And catch a new vision for it. It is not enough to have catchy phrases. GL 2010. Or slick brochures like we handed you this morning. Without the Holy Spirit's power, no heart will be changed. I am thankful for phrases that we can remember. The ability to brand something in a way that looks good and that's attractive. But we are desperate tonight for the Spirit's power in order to see any life changed, any community influenced, any village impacted by the gospel. We are desperate for the power of Almighty God. God, through Jesus Christ, gave us a task that is impossible. That task is world evangelism. That's impossible. So in order to accomplish the task, he gave us supernatural power so that we could do what is otherwise impossible. I am praying for Acts 1-8 power for us as a church. It is not by might or by power, but it is by the Spirit, says the Lord. That our best effort will fall short of making a difference in anyone's life unless we are anointed and power of the Spirit of God. Oh, may the Spirit come upon us, be in us, and work powerfully through us. Otherwise, we can provide water, vehicles, food, and medicine. And be part of a social gospel. But we never see the redemption of a heart. We watch all over this world as people come because they're getting food or getting water. If we do not connect this need of attacking injustice. It is unjust for us to have endless supplies of water and food and for there to be billions of people in the world that do not have the same. That is an injustice. So as the church, 
who loves mercy and does justice, we rise up to confront that. But I am burdened by the fact that some get all about the social gospel, meeting these needs of medicine, food, clothing, and we separate it from the power of God to change a heart. You have those that are all about the social gospel trying to meet all of these human needs and then you often see the Pentecostal church in their conferences, in their every Sunday service just doing their deal, talking a lot about the world but doing very little to influence the world. Couldn't there be a marriage of the two? A deeply Pentecostal church that is even more aggressive in dealing with injustice and meeting the needs where water and food are lacking. So that when you give somebody a drink of water in Jesus' name, you create a question, you create a conversation where someone is going to say, why are you doing this? And that's where the empowerment of the Spirit comes through your heart on the witness that you give that is such a compelling message of Jesus Christ that that person is confronted with a very clear presentation of the gospel of God. If you go to Little Lighthouse and give of your time to serve children with special needs, if you get involved with the Cornerstone Assistance Network in one of their many ways of helping the poor, if you get involved with men that offer, offer love and life to ladies with unplanned pregnancies, I want to tell you at some point you're going to create the question. Why are you doing this? And empowered of the Spirit, you give a loving, incredible witness of Jesus Christ. I want to see us as a church empowered and even more motivated to meet the needs that are out there. We have at the assembly, like most AG churches, what I would call a member culture. I think what you're seeing, I want to architect a little different culture. I want to architect a missionary culture. I think for too long, we looked at the people like that were on the stage this morning, and they are missionaries, and we're just people who go to church and support missionaries. I think you are a missionary. I think that you should think missionally. Now, now let me unpack this with you. If you are to go on a mission trip, and many of you have been, here, here are some things that happen. You do orientation and you say these words. Let's be very alert to the Spirit's prompting. Because we're in a place that needs God. We're in a culture that is unique. And so let's be very sensitive to the Spirit's prompting. Number two, on a mission strip, most often you see the meeting of needs in a tangible way. Water, food, clothing, medicine building a church facility. Thirdly, it's very difficult and it's expected. After all, we're on a missions trip. And so we, we sleep in conditions that are different than the norm. We, perhaps there's no air condition or no running water. And so no one is going, hey, what's up with this? No, we expected it because we were on a missions trip. But then we come home from the missions trip and we park, if we aren't careful, that alertness to the Spirit's prompting, 
that attitude that we're going to meet needs in tangible ways and we expect it to be difficult and demand sacrifice, we park that until the next mission strip. When that is the way the church should live all the time. Missional. A missional, missionary culture, not just a member culture. If we do a member culture, we pay our dues and we support the things and the people that we believe in and and we may leave out of here and that becomes the sum of our responsibility. When every one of us are saved by the grace of God and we need to all leave this place and enter our world and throughout this week we need to be alert to the Spirit's promptings that will nudge us toward those around us that need a good word, a word in season. We need to find tangible ways to meet needs and that's why I'm lifting up all of these opportunities within this community where you can go and meet needs in a tangible way Expect it to be inconvenient, expecting it to be difficult, but that's the way it is when you're missional. Expecting to make a sacrifice in some way this week, but it'll create a question of why are you doing this? Empowered of the Spirit, we give a very effective witness, and we live our whole life on mission. And then when we leave this country, use our passports and go into a place that we only get to go maybe once a year or maybe once a lifetime. What we're doing there is what we do throughout the entire year, right at home. And so the light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. Let's create a different culture. Not just to come and see, a come and be blessed, a go and tell, a missionary culture. Amen? Why are you doing this? We'll create that question. An empowered witness. Now I want Pastor Jason to come and help me. Because as you saw in that video, this message is showing this vehicle as a type of the church. And the church is empowered of God. And because the church is moving in the power of God, it then becomes very empowering. And when the power of God is moving... It goes way beyond just great altar services. Amen? It begins to influence my thinking. And what I want to show you tonight is how a powerful church is going to empower creativity. What we're doing tonight is showing you a computer that is going to be hooked up and powered up by this vehicle. A computer in and of itself just speaks a lot of creativity, of innovation. If you have an iPhone and all the applications, it's just one innovation after the other. There should be no more creative, innovative ideas flowing anywhere than the New Testament church. For the one who created the heavens and the earth, when you go outside tonight and you look up and see the stars in the sky and you think of all of the innovation and the creativity and the power that's causing all of that to happen and then you realize, that's in me. I mean, what, 75% of the earth is water? And it's like the, the very one who created all of that water? The kind of power that could do that rests within you. Every once in a while you say, Lord, needs some of that. And that kind of creativity, that kind of innovation is in us to be released. 
And, and here's my thought. A powerful church will empower such creativity and innovation that as you get to remote villages, parts of the community, the light will come on. I want to talk about this and I want to illustrate this. Let me show you a picture on the screen. It's the picture of Ethos Water. Do we have a picture of that? 2001, a man by the name of Peter Thumb was over in Africa. He was there on a consulting project, but he noticed all of these children that didn't have adequate drinking water. This man became so burdened by it that he came back and he created his own brand and entered the the bottled water market. And his vision was to help children get clean water. And so the biggest portion of every bottle of Ethos water that is sold goes to put in the water wells like what we're going to be putting in to offer clean drinking water to people that don't have it. He came up with this idea when he is over in Africa, he's seeing the need and, and creativity starts to happen and innovation starts occurring in his thinking. As a result, he works on this idea, creates a brand, markets the idea, and Starbucks picks up the idea. And in most Starbucks, Ethos water is sold. Well, Pepsi so liked the idea that the Pepsi company, they also picked up the idea. And now, the light has come on where tens of millions of dollars off of the sale of that bottled water has gone to provide water to people who needed it. And here's what I'm saying. I believe that as we take these trips, I believe as we get out into our community, that because we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we are a church that says dream and dream big, that creativity, that innovation will happen in your heart and we will not just go and give some people a fish, we will come up with ideas to teach people how to fish. And could it be that the next great idea to address some of the world's huge problems are going to be birthed by the Holy Spirit of God in someone's heart and mind sitting in this room and through the powerful church that empowers people to dream big and allows the innovation to happen, the light comes on in a remote village for people who need the gospel. That's a powerful church. A young man by the name of Blake was in Argentina and he kept looking around at all of these children who didn't have shoes. And he said, I can't, I can't stand this. So he goes back home, comes back to the States, and begins to work on this idea and says, what if we could create a company that's business plan is this. For every pair of shoes we sell, it would put a pair of shoes on a child that does not have them. We'll come up with this, these cool-looking shoes that people will want to purchase, and for every pair of shoes that they purchase, it will put a pair of shoes on the feet of a child that doesn't have shoes. Look at this picture, if you will. It's called Tom's Shoes. How many of you have heard of it? Just this year alone, just this year alone, almost a half million pair of shoes have been placed on the feet of children around the world who didn't have shoes because they've sold that many here in America. See, that's where someone 
sees a burden. It is Bill Hybels that talks about a holy dissatisfaction. It's kind of like the old Popeye cartoon where he says, I can't stands no more. Remember that? And when he said, I can't stands no more, you know. What can you not stand? For, for Blake, who is the owner of Tom's Shoes, he couldn't stand children who had no shoes. He couldn't stand it. Can't, can't stand that anymore. And innovation and creativity started happening in his heart. Get this in your heart. Generous people will generate ideas to follow through on their generosity. Please give us ways. Why don't we create some type of of discussion board on our website? where you could post ideas of how to save money in order to give more money to the GL 2010. Where we could post creativity and innovative ideas that could address needs. Why do we need to just play it small and and hire a company out of Germany to put in the water well? Why don't we come up with some world-changing ideas that would cause the light to shine? The Holy Spirit of God is in this room. The Holy Spirit of God is in our heart. I'm getting so passionate about the need around the world. I I think we could create discipling centers. Take an area of the world that we see how desperate it is and say, look, we need a five-year focus in that area of the world. And let's get people from this church that will go and live in our discipling center so that we can send teams constantly constantly create ways. Now, I just threw out something that I hadn't spent enough time processing through. I'm saying, I'm trying to generate so that I can follow through on the sense of generosity. Any church that catches the spirit of generosity will generate ideas whereby they can manifest the generosity that is in their hearts. What kind of ideas? See, so tonight may we, we may need to pray for a seed of thought that will become the next great idea to change a neighborhood. Here's one that I've been thinking about and hadn't talked to Pastor Jeff about this, but have you seen the traditional vacation Bible school where we try to get all these kids to come to church and we do like four or five days in the summer? You know, and you beg people, put up banners and, you know, your kids go out and say, you know, let your kids go with us. And, and you know, we're Pentecostal, so they think we're weird anyway. Will my kids be handling snakes? You know, what are they going to be doing over there? Have all these things. What about this summer? What if we took vacation Bible school to the neighborhood? Think about it. All you could do is seat 1,500 kids in here. And then what would you do with 1,500 kids? That would be a coup, a VBS coup. We'd be on CNN. Kids have taken over the vacation Bible school at the assembly and holding the pastor hostage. Imagine the logistics of that. But think if you had a hundred of us 
who have the connection in our neighborhood, who have the relationship, the credibility, and your child goes down to his neighbors and says, hey, my house is going to be like the most fun place anywhere around here for this next week. And we're going to have inflatable games and we're going to have water slides and Oh my God, it's going to be like the greatest thing of the entire summer right here in our front yard. Now, you know, mom and dad, they're going to be there. And why don't we just do VBS right in the front yard and have about 25, 30, 40 kids of every, of a hundred different neighborhoods. Check those numbers out. What would be a, a, like 40 times 100? Come on, talk to me. 4,000. And the light comes on. And the parent of one of those kids looks at you and says, why are you doing this? You created the question. And now the spirit flows through you to say, let me tell you. What kind of ideas could there be? I just want you to think about that. I believe that we need to connect Pentecostal power with social need. And if we can do justice and love mercy through Pentecostal power, I believe that the light will come on. So tonight is about this, that we are a church filled with the power of God to be empowering. Empowering that says dream, dream big. What can you just not stand? There, there, there's a lady in our church that's been made chairman of one of of the major outreaches of the Cornerstone Assistance Network. And what I've seen happen in her life is just this. She just couldn't stand it anymore. She was so burdened. She was so burdened by the the situation. She just couldn't stand it anymore. And so she starts getting involved in just a short period of time. She's the chairman of the entire deal. That's what I'm talking about. What is your holy dissatisfaction? You say, "This, this can't happen anymore. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to go to that village and I'm going to be part of constructing that church. I'm going to be there distributing food. I'm going to be there in those gospel services at night. Thousands of people coming. I'm going to be part of that. I'm going to be there as the doctors are doing the medicine. I'm I'm, I'm going to be there. You know, I had a very interesting position in Jamaica. We had this medical thing going and we had all these stations set up. And then I was like at the prayer center. And by the time they got through all of the nurses and the doctors, they came to me and they were like, pray for me. I got everything. (laughs) It's like, man, they were like so depressed. They came through all of this stuff. And when they came to me, they would sit down. I have that. I have that. I have everything that I could possibly have. But I tell you, it became an incredible opportunity to join in the burden. Uh, Our our son, Connor, because we took the whole family. I almost had to take out a loan to do it. It, it was $3,000 for was about just over $1,000 for each family member to go, but I wanted our whole family to see it, to sense it. We stayed in this, it was called Lost Beach Resort. I want to tell you, I know why they call it lost. <laughs> when the rapture happens, God will not even be able to find that place. 
We sent thousands of dollars over in advance because there was no running water because the place hadn't been opened in so long. And so they just took the money and went and bought drugs with it. You know, everybody smokes marijuana over there in Jamaica. And it's like, yo, dude. And so and it's like, I know where our money got spent. Good God. And so I was walking to this little place where we're supposed to stay. And, and I, I smell something. I think, my God, what is that? It was horrible. And right by that place was the swimming pool that was covered in this, this, this thick green film. And the guy said, look, I just got a new filter. And in about two days, you can swim. Now, you won't be able to see the bottom, but it will be safe. Right now, it's not safe, but it will be safe. So in two days, the guy says it's safe. And we're on this beach, but there are all these sand fleas. And if you walk out on the beach, I mean, it, in like 10 minutes, it looks like you have leprosy. And so all the, the young people, when the guy says, hey, the pool is ready, they like dove in the pool. But I'm standing there, I'm going, there's something not right about this. There is something. I, and finally, one of our, our students came up from like the eight foot deep part and says, hey, there's a crab down here. <laughs> and in 10 minutes, our students pulled up 25 dead crabs and 10 live crabs. It was a crab cemetery. I knew now that's what... And so what it is, in the middle of the night, they're bringing their babies to the ocean. And I kind of got, like, tickled and then sad all at the same time. And, you know, it's like they're working. And then it's like they fall in this water. And they're like, we made it. And then all of a sudden, the chlorine hits them. It's like, oh, man, I thought I made it. I just was so sure I made it. And all of our young people are just swimming with all that. But, but we, we all went on that trip. And you know what? It wasn't easy, but we didn't say, we're going home. We're packing up. There's no water and water. Because see, we were on a mission trip. We expected it to be hard. This one guy came to dinner. He goes, man, that was a great shower. I said, shower, dude, we don't even have running water. He said, no, we had had this rainstorm. And he, where he was staying, it leaked so bad, he just stood under the leak and took a shower. It was horrible. So, it was tough, it was difficult, but you know what? The interaction of that, the, the power of God working in that scenario, that situation, just, it's life-changing. And you may have never done anything like that, and it's time to do it. It's time to invest of yourself, invest of your heart. You can figure out, if, if you set your heart to go, God will figure out a way for you to go. And you'll be a part of lives being changed. Lives being changed. So that's the message tonight. I want Acts 1-8 power, because in all of our effort, it's not enough without His power. With His power we'll see lives changed. And with his power flowing, expect creative, innovative ideas so that you generate ideas to follow through on the generosity that God has given you. And the light will begin to shine. If we could just have the worship team come and uh, I I would like to have them lead us once again in the song, I Give Myself Away. And I would like for you to consider that song and sing it again. And once this team has come up, just begin to bring the lights down slowly, if you will.
There are villages, there are places all over this world that don't know Jesus. Many people sit in their homes tonight in this community that don't know Jesus. There are those that will live on the streets tonight in this city because they have no home. People will be hungry and the light is coming on through the assembly. Just continue to spring it on down. A church that knows the power of God and becomes empowering. Young people tonight, what could God do with the mind he's given you, with the gifts he's given you, the energy he's given you? What could the Spirit of God speak to you and then do through you that would create light, light to shine in the darkness? At your school tomorrow, in your home, in your neighborhood, within the sphere of your influence, mom and dad, where you work, what could the Spirit of God do through you tomorrow to express His love and to the point that light shines? The very best way to walk in the power of the Spirit is to be in full submission, full surrender. And that's what this song says. It says, I give myself away. And as you do that, just say, Lord, you direct my career path. Lord, you direct my relational life. Lord, you direct the use of my energy, the use of my talent. And Holy Spirit, speak ideas into my heart. Some of you that manage businesses, I pray that you have the greatest success that you've ever had so that you can follow through on your spirit of generosity. I pray for prosperity so that prosperity can be poured into kingdom advance. I pray blessings upon you so that you can be a blessing. What kind of ideas could God give you about your business? about your assignment within your company that could produce a lot of money that could be poured into the kingdom where light could shine. Is there a Blake sitting in this room tonight that's going to get the next great idea that could address a major issue? It's going to be the creation of a company, of an initiative like Tom Shoes or Ethos Water. Dream and dream big because the dreamer, the Holy Spirit, the creator of heaven and earth is in your heart. 